Welcome to an all-new episode of Suiting Up. I'm your host, Paul Rabel, and I'm sitting here in Bristol, Connecticut at the ESPN Studios. She was a four-time All-American at Stanford, two-time FIFA World Cup champion, two-time Olympic gold medalist. She secured 271 caps for Team USA. That means she played in 271 matches. You don't get a cap without an appearance on field. She's a National Soccer Hall of Fame member, no secret there with the aforementioned, 14 years of captainship with Team USA. She's the recent author of your new best-selling book, or it should be, Choose to Matter, Being Courageously and Fabulously You. She's also the founder of the Julie Foudy Sports Leadership Academy, does tremendous work there. She's a filmmaker. She's an activist on equal opportunity and an advocate against child labor and sports manufacturing, and now a self-proclaimed yogi. So feels like to me she's done it all, but she's planning to do more, which is exciting. And news just hit. She just signed a multi-year extension with ESPN, which has been covered in the news a lot amidst the recent cable trends and technological trends of live streaming and rights. So that's very exciting for her. I hope you enjoy this shorter than normal conversation between myself and Women's Soccer Hall of Famer, Julie Foudy. Hello, hello. Is it on? Testing one, two, three. Do I need to click on? Keep going, keep going. Give it a 10 count. No, it says it's on. Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Summer loving. We're good. So Dan, should we start over? We should start over. So we just had a minor audio issue here, but we are, which is, which is actually surprises me because we're at ESPN, the Mecca of content creation here in Bristol, Connecticut. It's my first time here. I'm really excited. I can't believe it's your first time here. Well, that's lacrosse Welcome. for you. I know. You know, we got to gotta like claw Brooklyn our way. Brooklyn to Bristol. That's right. And so I'm sitting here with Julie Foudy, who I grew up admiring and watched uh, the 99 Women's World Cup team go and, and set such strong examples for, for everyone and, and push not only as activists for women and gender equality and sports, but just the, the, what it means to be uh, the best and elite and an Olympic athlete. And, uh, and it's special for me because I, I grew up watching you and grew up watching that team. Yeah. And then the purpose of, of what I've done with this show and a lot of what I've done with my career is, is around the duality of what I call the modern athlete, but taking skills, leadership, work ethic on the field or on the court, in the pool, um, crossing that over into business. And whether that be in marketing, um, in investing, in your case, you just launched your book. I'm a very important author, Paul. I don't yeah. know if you knew that, well, but I'm I, telling everyone. Well, I actually love it. I can't I'm wait to get author. into this. Yeah, it's, it's very exciting. It's so cool. Yeah. I think I'm like most excited about that. You know, of course, my kids. But then it's like, I'm an author. Hell yes, I'm an author. The, more exciting than being... All your accolades on the field. Yes. Because that brings you more fulfillment in telling that story. No, I just guess I never thought I'd do it. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually have a book. I can hold it in my hands. Yeah. That's cool. I I think because I probably didn't envision myself being an author. Well, that surprises me because you're such a great communicator and Uh, you're intellectually curious, uh, right? I am very intellectually curious. You talk about how you love to go out and discover. Yep. I do, but I don't know. So it wasn't like on my bucket author, list honestly. from the beginning, you know. We'd all feel shorted if, if you didn't put that pen to paper and tell us more. 
I love the idea of this duality, though, that you cover that. That's yeah. great because that fascinates me as well, is yeah. that transition especially. That's right. And I it's think so it's so hard for so many athletes. It's exactly right. And it's off the uh, this wave of, of technology, more social media than ever, where someone like myself growing up in lacrosse, uh, our coverage, were, we felt almost prisoner to linear media and, and we weren't getting covered. Right. And so there was no afterlife after school in pursuing any type of career professionally in lacrosse. And then social media comes and all of a sudden we have a platform to, to speak to our fans, to our audience. And that was similar to what you guys had pre-social media, but in 99 when you're selling out all the stadiums across the country uh, and and the media is almost probably forced to cover it because yeah. it's so big and all yeah, of a sudden exactly. you have this platform. Yeah. Where they're like, who are these women? Wait, what's going on? It was it was yeah. awesome. I was younger and, and watching that and, and felt really inspired. But Thank God we didn't have social media back then because that would have been a lot of bad karaoke going out live. I think it oh, great. yeah. We used to take over bars. and Yeah. Yeah. That's like the one thing no one knows about Mia. She can sing Rocky Top Tennessee like no one else. Yeah. I'm hearing that you're a dancer and a karaoke I, uh, artist as no, well. I don't like any of that stuff. I don't know where you heard that. No, on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I do like. Uh, I like to get a, real, a little yeah. rowdy. Yeah, that's why when when we were having audio issues and they said, you know, you're coming out too quiet. I was like, what? No one's right. ever told me that that's before. Funny. Yeah, I'm too quiet. So, so this duality is interesting, and and one way that I like to discover it actually, and and I don't know, you, I know you're in the middle of a car wash, which. For the folks that are listening, it's the term that I really love that they use here at ESPN with all of the programming that they have when they have an athlete entertainer or in your case, an author promoting mm -hmm. your yeah, next yeah, book, yeah. or sometimes you'll have Brock Lesnar in here on the WWE promoting WrestleMania or Conor McGregor talking about his latest bout. Um, you hit all these shows. So you have to be, you're like communicatively in shape right now. <laughs> I just got you right and from I Mike was, and Mike. I, yeah, I was losing my voice last week. That's where I was like, oh, I am in deep trouble. Yeah. I cannot lose my voice and right. then launch this book. So we talk about technology and social media and the mobile phone, the interactive phone, I think, is where most of we're gathering our source for news and content. And and uh, and so one of my questions that I'd like to start with with all the, the athletes and, and coaches and folks that have crossed over well, mm -hmm. is if you were to look at your home screen, what are the list of apps that you have? Mm. Because the se the second and third, and you can do that if, if you'd like, because the second and third, we often don't tap into those apps, but the apps that are on our home screen tell that's, us so much about yes, ourselves. That's a great question. Stand yeah. by, I will tell you. Okay. Um, Sonos. There you go. I got to have my music for right. my bad dancing and singing. Um, that's on my home screen. Trip case. That's really exciting. That organizes. So much, right? Yeah, I travel yeah. so much. That organizes that. Like I couldn't live without like a travel app. That thing is like amazing. Um, yes. Ways. Yep. It's not really exciting, is it? Twitter, Instagram, although yep. I never Instagram. I'm trying to get better at that. You're more of a viewer of Instagram and you post on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. And then I have like all my, I'm really boring. This is sad. Lyft, oh, I, Uber. That's, um, it's not boring at all. Those are both on mine. I have a I have a meditation app. Oh, you do? Oh yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I was not real that good about later, like. I was going to ask about how you stay mindful. Yeah, that that I I yoga, that's and then I struggle. Awesome. I struggle with like you know when they're like you must be present and I'm like going through my list of to dos. Be present. Be present. Stop. Yeah. Stop. Um, yeah. Um, 
I have my newsy apps because I'm kind of a news junkie. Yeah, uh, politics. Be. Sadly, uh, which, right. <laughs> uh, I don't want to talk about. I'll just start crying. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I got all my ESPN sporty apps in one file. Uh, yeah, that's my home screen. Yeah. Oh, Maglite. That's for an over 40 app for, you know, those of us who can't right. see anymore. That's an important one to have on your home screen. Maglite. It's actually I guess under, it's more powerful than it the just, it, regular It magnifies flashlight. it and then it gives you a light. Oh, as well. wow. It's oh, really bad cool. that, that I'm, I'm actually saying this out loud. Well, I've, I've listened to it's, you. On, I, on the over 40 apps, someone told me, I'm like, good <laughs> Lord. I've listened to you talk about um, your, your demographic being like, Younger people and then people that are yeah. over the age of yeah. I'm, 60 or I'm great with like 81. 15 and under and 80 and over. 80 and over. <laughs> My sweet spot. <laughs> I actually think you're great with everyone that's in between that. <laughs> I just am shooting right now one of the greatest stories ever. Speaking of that, I found I'm doing a new segment for Sports Center called Foudy's Finds, right? Yeah. And it's it come out mostly on weekend sports centers, but, um, I pitched him like, I want to tell like the uncommon stories, like just crazy stories, but they're super inspirational. So it could be famous people. It could be anonymous people, but it's not long, but doing them in a really kind of fun, joyful way. Right. Huh. Cause I f feel like so much in sports is way too serious and intense, especially it, like for kids. Right. It is. Uh, and so I found this team of women who play basketball in San Diego, 85 to 91 year old women. They go, oh, wait, we just got a youngster at 80 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're all 85 to 91 years old. It's, think, the, it's the best shoot I've ever done. Do you think youth sports are so serious because of how that market is privatized and these youth operators are coming in and just like, yeah, you know, they're just focused play. on getting these kids recruited and that's all the parents want and scholarships to school has become more important than it ever has been when you and I were growing up and playing. Yeah. Um. And, and I think with with your book that we, that we want to spend time on it, and, and best selling, I, I will say uh, it, it's pretty amazing reading experts, excerpts from it. But it's called "Choose to Matter: Being Courageously and Fabulously." You, you must say it like this, Paul: Being courageously and fabulously you. I, I mean, say it, Paul. Being, I would actually, you know, how I would say it: Being courageously and fabulously you. Like just, I just feel like that is important for me. So I grew up as like a rigid athlete and yeah. was subscribing to all of the sportisms that I ob object to now, which is like being the hardest worker in the room, being perfect, mm. uh, never backing down from a fight, you know, all that like over injection of masculinity. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so when I hear people talk about leadership and empathy and vulnerability and, and for you having been a captain uh, or, or being or having captainship for 14 years, I think on, on, around there for, yeah. I mean, that's, that's something that's like Derek Jeter stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't know any, anyone else I would say that. And I say him because of, of, of being for the Yankees and how prominent that sport is. And when you're talking about team USA, Mm -hmm. uh, that's pretty, it's pretty amazing. But it's the, I mean, but it's amazing how many, I mean, you, you said the word perfect in there mm -hmm. and we women, oh my gosh, we are, we're like overkill on that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's really like, was the inspiration behind this, this book, because I had grown up thinking 
you know, leadership is is in the form of probably a white man because that's what I read about in leadership books and a person in a position of power who could politics, now. yeah, politics or a CEO or a president or someone who could influence a lot of people. And then I got around these amazing women on the U.S. team, and it was totally different. It was diverse. I mean, Mia, for example, Ham, mm-hmm. um, she she was. She hated the spotlight. She didn't want, you know, she was never, she was shy. She was quiet. She didn't want it, yet she was the face of soccer. And yet she led in this beautifully personal way where she'd like grab Abby and, you know, they'd walk off the field together or she'd grab someone at halftime. Mm-hmm. And it was a very quiet way, but it was equally effective. And so I'm watching all these different styles of women on the team. And I, and my definition of leadership just, Every year it would get broader and broader as I saw all these different styles. And then I figured out, which is what this book's about, is that, damn, you know, it's not the white man on the horse with the tall hat and sword. It's it's everyone. You just have to care deeply about something. Find out what your style is of leadership and be courageous enough to stop worrying about being perfect, which we do as women. We want to check every box. Right. We got to be perfect. We got to be we got to we. Oh, I haven't taken that class. I'm not sure if I can do it. I'm not sure I have that skill set. We always kind of go to underselling ourselves rather than just raising our hand and being like, yes, I'm going to do it. And and being courageous requires some risk aggression. Exactly. That's that's the whole book It's just you know, the importance of getting out of your comfort zone and finding friends and a team. I had these women, but a team that's going to be like, you're going to be fine. And and that's what this is. I want this to be in a fun way because the last thing I wanted was me standing at a chalkboard like, here are the 10 virtues of leadership and a black. And that's why it's super colorful, the book. There's exercises. There's bad singing, bad dancing. It's It's fun. It's it's not meant to be. It's actually really interesting. Yeah. Because you talk about leading and being the captain of a team sport like soccer and you wrote this book gathering a team around you as well yeah absolutely and some of the folks that you interviewed robin roberts uh, cheryl sandberg Mm -hmm. you mentioned mia ham what were some of the things that you gleaned from uh, the 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 folks that you brought on to help tell this story of courage well they they all have such amazing stories in their own way and so i wanted them to give like really tangible strategy. Mm. How did you, when you're feeling like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this. You know, what am I thinking? That self-doubt we all have. How did you then take that step forward? Instead of what I see with a lot of young women is they go, not yet. I'm going to wait. I'm going to step backwards. And so they give these amazing examples of in moments of courage or moments of crisis for Robin Roberts, for example, Mm -hmm. Two bouts of cancer, right? She overcomes breast cancer in 2007. She makes the very personal decision to go public with it, mm. announces it on Good Morning America. And then she gets through all that and then finds out she has a second form of cancer yeah. created from the treatment that was so intense for her very aggressive breast cancer. And she said, I had a lot of anger when I found out I had that second form of cancer, you know, rightfully so. But she said, the most important thing I learned is, and she says it in the book, optimism is like a muscle. You have to use it. You have to be positive. I learned that I can't focus on the negative. I, you know, and for me, it was writing a journal. For me, it was, you know, making sure I brought only positive things into my life. So she literally mentally had to then say, I'm going to focus on the positive and flip it. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. I love optimism. Cory Booker uh, speaks often about Mm -hmm. how cynicism is our most negative spiritual state. Mm-hmm. And it's impossible to get anything done when you're in a state of pessimism. 
Um, and, and so I'm interested though, from, from a daily application standpoint, what is, I mean, today and probably every day, there's no regular day for Julie Fowdy, but like in a perfect day, I suppose, um, what is, how does that, uh, transpire? You know, you're getting up at what hour, how are you applying mm-hmm. the optimism mm-hmm. to your work? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I have found in, in mind you, I'm on the road a bit, you know, cause all my stuff. Uh, is you know covering games or shooting an interview or mm-hmm. going to the Olympics or going to a World Cup or a Euros or wherever it is. So it's all remote. So you know my kids are are like, Mom, why can't people come to you? I'm like, that is a great question. I came to you today, right? Thank you, Paul. <laughs> Thanks for driving in from B Town, <laughs> Brooklyn in the house. Um, so I'm like, I know one day I'm going to have my own damn show and they're going to come to me. <laughs> <laughs> but right now I got to go to them. I got to meet them where they live. Uh, so when I am home, mm-hmm. right, I, the beauty is I say to them, you know, look, I take you to school. I pick you up from school and then I crank out work. You know, I wake up super early cause I'm on the West coast. I crank out work in the morning. Uh, take them to school. I try and, and sneak a workout in, of course, because that's like my happy place. I need to get sweaty and and, uh, and get that out of me. And then uh, and crank out work until, you know, I pick them up from school and then I take yeah. a few hours with them and then crank out more. But I, I really have made it a, a life goal to be present, you know, as a mom when they're home and I can and, and I'm not checking a million phones or, you know, on the computer, but. I live in beautiful Southern California and yeah, from San know, Diego. Yeah. I'm actually right in between in San Clemente, right between LA and San Diego. So, okay. um, you know, I'm out running the beach trail with my, my mom friends. And so yeah. I love that balance, Yeah, but you know, and then I spend a lot of time on the road as well, but do you think uh, your, do you think your work ethic that you developed on the field, uh, has, has been the most consistent part. And we talk about leadership, but work ethic, it sounds like you're, you do so much and you're also an entrepreneur. You co-founded the Julie Foudy Sports Leadership Academy with your husband and focusing like on developing. Entrepreneur. Thank you. Well, you are certainly. Mm-hmm. And those skill sets that have transferred over communication based in leadership and empathy, uh, but work ethic. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to think quickly though, because I feel like next to probably tennis and soccer are two people who understand, uh, fitness, nutrition, and sleep really mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, how do those factor in to your busy mm-hmm. schedule that you're talking about? And are mm-hmm. you still staying as mindful about that as you were, say, when you were playing an mm-hmm. Olympian? Yes. I love, you know, I, I, I mean, I mentioned that after I get up early and I and crank out an hour work at like 5.30 to 6.30 before I get the kids. And then once I drop them, I go, that's my routine. I like, I got to get a workout in. Yeah. Give me an hour. Give me from yeah. eight to nine. Right. Yep. yep. And, um, and so much of that too is communal for me. Like that's my time. I catch up and run with some gals yeah. or we go to orange theory or whatever, you know, it is, but I need that or yoga. You like, like the yoga, analytics. Yeah. I, and yoga is like my, my mindfulness actually. And I didn't come to yoga cause you know, as athletes, I'm like, I need to be pounding. I need to be running. I, I'm not sure yoga is going to, I used to like make fun of the yogis. I'm like, I'm not sure that's n- enough for me. Like I wouldn't feel fit enough after an hour class. Oh, like yeah. I've gotten enough out of it. And now that I've done it, like especially hot yoga, cause I'm not a sweater. So I if love if I can just, yeah, it's crazy. And crazy. I love it because it's, it's quiet. It's calm. And my, right. 
you know, I, I'm I'm a busybody too. Like I don't sit, right? I like to move. I like to putz around the house. I'll get in the garden. So that like forces me to kind of like chill out. Yeah. Fine. Right? Just calm. And so I love it. And I get sad now when I was like, oh, I got to make my morning yoga. I missed it. Yeah. But it's hard in moments like this, like, of course, this book launch, you know, it's like I haven't been able to work out as much. and But I do feel like that's such an important part of my life. One yeah. of the things I cherish, I will always be active and that's going to be always be a huge part of my life. Yeah. Mindfulness and, and being present. I know you're jump, you have to jump to your next uh, kind of booking here with the car wash, but we could, I, I bet you I could spend... <laughs> several I could try to spend several hours with you if I if I had time there's so much that I could I could learn about your strategy being present the last question I'll have for you and then and we'll try and sync up later being present um, is really difficult when you're working so hard and when you've accomplished so much if you look back or reflect or try to at times or even just set a standard or goal for yourself what does success mean to you how do you define success mm. Ooh, Paul, you're coming in hot now, huh? Steamy like for the last hot. one. Yeah. Um, I I don't even I think in in now that I'm in my forties, the thing I always think about, I'm so glad I got to this place too. I don't think about it as success. Like to me it's significance, right? It's much hmm. more important to me. And I talk this is the book, right? It's not about like job titles or fancy shoes or um, you know, which rung on the ladder you're at. It's about what are you doing that matters, right? Mm. Hence the, the title of the book. And how are you as a human being making sure you're in control of that? And that's the thing I think we forget, you know, like that every day we wake up with the choice of how we're going to approach the day. And I decide, I decide that, and thankfully, you know, I always err on the side of optimism. If I'm falling or I'm failing, I'm like, that, that's that's because I'm, I just needed to grow, right? I needed, mm. and I'm curious. So, if I can pass that on to my kids and to people who read this book that, you know, every day you wake up, it's about significance. Stop worrying about being interesting and be interested. Hmm. Be interested in life. Stop turning the phone on you and turn it outward. <laughs> Drives yeah. me nuts. Yeah. It's like, why do we have to be in every damn photo? Hmm. Right? Just be interested in people and life and growing and being okay with falling and the world will come to you. It will open up without you even worrying about it. So worry less about the outcome and worry less about being successful and you'll find significance. That's so good. I've, there's two quotes that I, that I, I know you're a quote person too, but mm-hmm. trade in expectations for appreciation is a Tony Robbins one. And then mm-hmm. sore muscles grow back stronger. I love that one. I haven't heard that one before. Yeah. yeah. Who's that? I actually don't know. My buddy sore passed it along when I was stronger. having a lot of trouble. Yeah. Yeah, when it, I tell my kids that all the Physically time. Physically and emotionally. When they're like going up a hill, you know, I just got them into mountain biking. Yeah. And, and like, I, I'm trying to get them to like take the hills instead of walk the hills. Yeah. And they're like, oh, mom, it hurts. I said, and you know, yeah, it's, it's, you got to put in the work. It's kind of like yeah. life. Like mountain biking is totally, I'm not even a big mountain biker, but mountain biking totally reminds me of life. It's like, you got to, you got to climb it. You yeah. got to climb that hill and it's going to burn, but that means you're like muscles are growing. Yeah. I think uh, we're getting called in, but Tim okay. Ferriss, one more too. Tim Ferriss says, uh, loneliness is your body fasting but it's at that optimist look mm. right you know that's deep, deep. thoughts because fasting sometimes good and all that kind of stuff but hey so lisa stokes in the house you know what that Lisa's means in the house she's like going, to she's go. going to wrap that bad boy she's going to sports center right on okay awesome. you know i'm an author paul i don't know if i told you that but i'm an author 
Welcome to uh, ESPN, I suppose, and uh, how busy and how amazing this whole production is here in Bristol, Connecticut. You know, I drove in from Brooklyn as Julie was ribbing me a little bit on, and uh, and I get here and I'm in the visitor center, and Dan here, who's who hooked me up with the studio. Um, picks me up, brings me over, and and I realized quickly that that Julie was in in the middle of a car wash. So she was at Mike and Mike, ran over here. She was with Lisa, who's taking her now to Sports Center, and they're hitting all the run of shows today. Um, she is uh, right out of the bat one of um, my favorite guests that I've had a chance to talk to. So I promise the listeners right now that I'm going to do my best to get her on for either a part two or I'm going to set her up uh, with a device from home and send her more questions to talk through, a la kind of Tim Ferriss follow-ups to some of his guests. Uh, But a few takeaways for me is that she's incredibly cerebral and introspective when it comes to leadership. And I think there's so much crossover, um, not only from leadership being a captain, traditionally speaking, on the field, but as you approach business and your career off of it, the mindset, she spoke a lot about optimism. But leadership is management in business and investing, whether you're a venture capitalist like Ben Horowitz and Andreessen uh, Horowitz Capital, um, whether you're a small guy like me running a, running a company outside of lacrosse with four employees, um, understanding how to communicate with people, um, how to care for people, how to be empathic, how to sit in their shoes and think about from their perspective, which is different than yours, what and how is this company interacting? How are we growing? Uh, How is the CEO thinking about the business? How is he thinking about his employees or her employees? Um, And and that's what you get in leadership. And I think you get a lot of vulnerability uh, visiting those places. And I would encourage everyone to read her book. And I know she talks a lot about empowering women. But if you've listened to a few of my shows, you've heard me reference the Representation Project and how important it is to understand both sides. If you're a man or a woman, if you're a man, I would encourage you almost more than the women to read this book. Um, And the Representation Project has two films out on Netflix. The Mask You Live In talks about overstimulation of masculinity for young boys at an early age and how it wireframes them to um, for sports, film, um, music, all that kind of stuff. And it basically explains like why uh, sometimes we act the way we do. And, and on the women's side, the film is called Misrepresentation, M-I-S-S, then Representation. It talks more about gender disparity and the challenges associated in a traditional patriarchal or male-dominant culture. Um, and and that's, that's especially why, why I enjoyed this. You know, other, some other notes, obviously, perseverance for her being a part of the 99 Women's World Cup team um, that really changed the landscape for women in sports. I know you've listened to a former guest of mine, Venus Williams, as, as she was an activist for uh, the wage gap between men and women. And Julie Foudy's done a lot of activism work for, more recently, the women's hockey team and getting them equal wages paid the men's hockey team on the on the latest Olympic or world championship that they had. Uh, and she's been a part of that for a while. Um, she's also been an advocate against child labor and sports manufacturing. And in doing so was the first female 
uh, to ever be named the FIFA Fair Play Award winner. So let me know what you thought of the episode. And you can do so in priority by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I also ask you to please subscribe. Or you can tweet at me. My handle's at Paul Rabel. For more show notes, specifically links to Julie's book and checking out previous guests, you can visit suitinguppodcast.com. Shout out to my co-producer, Tyler Steinhardt, and my agent, Aaron Kane, for linking me up with Julie. I hope you guys have a great day or evening, and we'll talk with you soon.